always Monday. You know what time it is. FRPC, we're going to be talking about football. And we're also playing a little trick on Nico. He thinks he's going to think that we've been in this pod for a while and what have you. And I just sent him the link to come on. So what's going on right now is that he's probably going to freak out when he comes on. Because at first, I'm going to say that we've been like halfway deep in it, talking about the draft, the combine. And, uh, um, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks and whatever, and he's going to freak out. But we'll see how it all goes in a second. So first and foremost, let's get just a broad overall view, and then we'll bring in Nico. We'll have a little fun, and then we'll talk about it. But broad overall overall view of the combine. There's a lot of big dudes that ran real fast and jumped real far or real high. Uh, what uh, Anthony Richardson did was um, physically impressive. I still have thoughts on that, and we'll get to them. Uh, the kid out of Georgia, the tight end, was so impressive. I mean, that catch was unreal. You can find it on TikTok and YouTube and, and, and what have you. So uh, just put in Georgia tight end uh, 2023 NFL Combine, and you'll see it if you have not checked that out so far. <laughs> to my... Georgia Bulldog fans, y'all, y'all was not lying. Y'all had plenty more after the first national championship to come back and win that second one because this dude was really doing it on the field. The other thing was um, it was nice to see Stinson Bennett throw pretty impressively, actually, um, in his situation. So, that's where we are with that. And uh, we're just, there's so much to get to. And we're going to get it, get all into it. So I'm kind of hoping that Nico pops on in a second so we can get it all into it. But uh, we'll let's start with the news of the day. Let's talk about what happened. We got Derek Carr, formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, going to the New Orleans, almost said Pelicans, Saints. You can tell we do basketball pods on this, right? So, yeah, so the Saints signed him. Looks like it was a – he got $100 million guaranteed, four years, $150 mil. Not bad. You know, not bad if you can get that type of work. I don't know if it moves the needle. I am starting to wonder about Carr. I do know one thing. You do have to surround him with talent. And, okay, if you're saying you're going to struggle with Devontae Adams and uh, Darren Waller and uh, Jacobs in your backfield, that's, I mean, offensive line-wise, maybe not as great, you know. Maybe that's something that he needs because of the fact that Maybe he got beat up. Early. Yeah, he got beat up early in his career. Uh, if you are new to the program, welcome. Um, if you are new to football, which usually if you're listening to this pod, you're probably not. But if you are, there was a time about five years ago, Derek Carr was on a real heater. And there was talk, how we talk about Herbert now, how we talk about Burrow now is how they were talking about Derek Carr. And then he got hurt. And it took him a little while to come back. The team that he had the year the year after the knee surgery was really good. But he wasn't still right. And then the year after that, that's when the talent drain started to happen in Oakland at that point, not in Vegas. And then you know, we we just haven't seen that level of Derek Carr. Now, some people say, well, that was a moment in time, and he w- he was just never going to be that dude. I'm 
pretty much here to agree with you on that. But there are still people out there saying, well, no, we're we're buying into that to that one year, that moment in time. And I think for the Saints, that's what they're seeing. And also. (sighs) Jameis just throws too many bad throws, whether they're I know he cut down on his interceptions, but there were too many bad decisions. The one thing that you do get an upgrade in is pocket management. I discipline down the field with Derek Carr. You're getting that 100%. So it just depends on you and your level. Of what Now, if you're telling me you're putting a, like a super-duper team around him, I think you have a real shot at being successful, especially in the division. You got Tampa. Maybe a rebuild, right? You got Carolina, young. And then you got Atlanta, still trying to figure it out at the quarterback position. Are we completely sold on Desmond Riller? Uh, You know, a lot of young talent, still building. So those, it's not impossible that through free agency and some true drafting that New Orleans could put a really good product out on the field and uh, pretty much probably lap that that division next year just because of where everybody else is on the developmental stage of their franchise trajectory right now. Tampa, unfortunately, it looks like it has to be kind of a teardown. Atlanta, you know, they're still building and again you know I, I hate to like just buoy this point home but the one good thing about now how this how the rookie scale contracts work you're not married to the guy so if you were if you were thinking to yourself um that I don't know if I saw enough from um, Desmond in Atlanta. You can move on from him pretty quickly. So these are things that if New Orleans is looking at the, just kind of looking at the terrain and seeing where they stand, I can understand them saying, hey, we can go get this. We can go. This division is ours for the taking. Um, and now, you know, you're looking at this situation and, and just kind of going, okay, well, if that's the case and you got a steady bus driver at the, at the position, at the quarterback position, which Derek Carr can be, you got to make sure that the offensive line is stout. You got to make sure that the weapons around him are, are good, you know, um, Remember, he had Devontae Adams on his team. You know, Darren Waller is a, you know, a pro bowler, you know, and he's a he's a matchup nightmare. You know, there's they're defensive coordinators that were scratching their head going like, okay, how we're guarding uh, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller, uh, two of the best at, you know, high-pointing the ball, what have you. Uh, so these are the type of things that are going on and we'll see, we'll see where we go. I think free agency for new Orleans will be very interesting because I think there's going to be a lot of in and out. You might see big names leave Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Okay. I wonder how, I wonder how married they are to Taysom Hill. I know they love them, love him down there. But if I'm not mistaken, he was a uh, he was a Peyton guy, you know, and maybe there's some interest there. Maybe there's a way to shed some salary, you know, maybe get a player back. So you're going to see some interesting moves in New Orleans. So my people in the bayou, don't fret. Let's just see it all play out, and then 
let's let it breathe for a second and see how it all shakes out because I think it's not addition by subtraction. I think there's going to be some subtraction, but then there's going to be some additions as well. So I, I'm really interested to see how it all goes down in New Orleans and which way they actually do. The way they're showing is that Mickey Loomis has never, ever tanked. He's never, ever rebuilt. So he's always in win the Super Bowl now mode. I think that's the only mode he knows. He even says it publicly, so this is not a surprise, but it's just hard to sit there and kind of go, how do you how do you get it there? How do you get it there? Is Derek Carr the you know key to it? I would tell you that he's not the key. I would tell you that the moves that come next are the real key to where you are. I will say the division is ripe for the taking now that Brady's gone. The one team that you would have to really worry about that might take a leap, and it really depends on whether they hit on the quarterback position or not, if they decide to go that route, would be the Carolina Panthers. I know my guy, Coach T, will love me saying that, but if they go through the draft and they pinpoint the right guy, and they say, okay, we're locking in, and if they have to move up to get them or whatever it is, if they lock in and they do find the right guy, then the Saints might have to really kind of look at it because they're going to have that guy for a long period of time. And Carolina is young, and they're getting stacked on both sides of the the line, and that's always good. It's always good to be stacked on both sides of the line, having special talent, to go get the quarterback and protect the quarterback. Great to have. So New Orleans might want to look first. They might want to look at the terrain because if Carolina gets the guy, but you won't know until the season, right? We just, we'll sit here and say, because I know Nico has different opinions on who the best quarterback is in this draft. I will tell you, my personal feelings. I believe that Bryce Young, talent-wise, is the best quarterback. I just can't call him the best quarterback. I know that uh, Anthony Richardson had himself a a, a good draft combine. Uh, it was a stellar draft combine. Let me uh, let me fix that myself. Um, but here's the thing. <laughs> Go watch the tape. You're going to see a guy who definitely needs a lot of work in the pocket. You see a guy who has trash footwork right now. And listen, I'm not trying to bury the kid. I think he's an all-world talent. But there's a lot of stuff, like remedial stuff that you have to fix. He locks on to receivers. I don't think he understands concepts as well as he needs to. Now, his cheat code, his get-out-of-jail-free card, if you will, is his ability to run the football. So now I have to kind of draw back a little bit, right, because I can't be so negative, and the dude put on an absolute athletic clinic at the combine. All right? This is a 244-pound quarterback. Like six foot four, running four fours, man. Like this, this is ridiculous. Okay, this is premier wide receiver speed at six foot four, two hundred and forty four pounds. Oh, and by the way, he's your quarterback, and now you now have two running backs in the backfield. Now. I'm not being disrespectful to him. I'm not saying that that's what he is because I want to stay way, way away from that because um, we've been talking on this podcast about black quarterbacks and, and their contributions to the league and how, how their contributions have been longstanding. Okay. But the problem is, is with Anthony Richardson 
specifically. There's a lot of quarterback school 101 that he needs to get in his toolbox before he's really successful. Now, he might be able to do it with his legs, but my problem is is I don't want him to be trapped with that. Because here's the thing. The upside, the upside is that he's freak athletic Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen on steroids, pardon the very, very bad analogy, but he could be that special. It could be... It could be Elway. It could be Randall Cunningham. Okay? That's what it could be. It could be like Randall Cunningham with a hammer, like Newt Cam Newton. Cam Newton was more power. The speed wasn't really kind of there. He just ran over you. This dude got agility. This dude can can shake you. So in the open field, if you think you're a safety and you got a beat on him. Oh, that side step, two step back. You know, the stanky leg, he leave, you know, put that out there. Oh, you you're in the dirt. You don't know what happened, and he gone. So that's the type of athlete we're looking at. That's the type of uh, physicality that we're looking at. The arm is <laughs> The arm is freaky. It's just like, can you calibrate it? Can you can you calibrate the foot discipline that you're going to need? Those are the things that he's going to need to work on. And also, somebody is going to have to back him up. Go get you a vet. Get the best QB coach you can find. I, I mean, whoever it is. I don't care what school he's at. I don't care what organization he's with. You go get that guy, pay him all the money you need because you're going to need that type of foundation and that type of structure around Anthony Richardson. Now, in two to three years, you might have yourself. uh, We might be talking multiple MVPs if it all works out. But I'm skeptical if it will all work out. You know, I wish him well. He definitely put himself on the radar. If you have not seen it, go watch the YouTube videos, the TikTok videos, punch up Anthony Richardson from Florida. And this dude put on a absolute show at the combine. Now that we talked about Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. <laughs> Let's talk about Will Levis. What we knew about him is that he great leader at Kentucky. Good locker room guy. The tape in his last, not his last year, two years ago, was better than this last previous season that just passed. Okay? We saw a guy who maybe didn't have enough talent around him. Maybe the offensive line wasn't as good. Actually, it wasn't. And he struggled. Now, you can say if you're a special talent, you kind of overcome those things. This is the kind of things that uh, people in war rooms, people who are in the scouting world will tell you. It's like, can you overcome adversity? Can you Can you raise the floor of your team? You'll hear that a lot. Usually you hear it in basketball, but you're going to start hearing it a lot in football because if you noticed about football over the last five to seven years, it's become a lot like basketball. We're not just going vertical anymore. We're going horizontal now. And horizontal sometimes can even be better than vertical because it takes out some of the calamities some of the bigger calamities that you would have with a vertical throw because there's more time there's more air um did you get enough on it were you able to plant your foot to to throw it as far as you need to 
the one thing when you throw the horizontal is usually quick. You're trying to get the ball out quick so the offensive lineman and the tight end can block for the running back or the wide receiver. And, you know, we're just doesn't matter. Doesn't matter about your feet. Just get the ball to the wide receiver where he can make a play or the running back where he can make a play. So if that's the type of offense that we're running for, like Levis and and Richardson and things of that nature, hmm, well, this is a little more interesting situation, but let's get into it. Levis, his arm, it's, it's magnificent in every way. Um, if you're older, you you start throwing names out like Elway, Marino, Fouts. If you're younger, depending on how young you are, we throw out names like Mahomes, Allen, Lamar. Mar has a gun. So those are the that's the type of arm talent this kid has. It's easy gas too. Like the throw he made, because he took two that I saw on uh the NFL network, or two that he threw 65 yards easy. And I mean the effort, there was none. It was just like, oh, 65? I don't even, I don't even know if I need to use my all my arm strength to get this down there. You know, it was just so easy gas. So we know that the deep ball is not a problem. And the other thing is for all of my draft nicks out there, they'll love this. He is a going to be a great cold weather quarterback, uh, inclement weather quarterback, high wind quarterback. Now, everybody's going to hate me. Shout out to my people in Chicago. And I'm, I'm not saying you do move on, but I'm just saying if, if for some reason Chicago decided they're not going to trade the pick, and they said, we get a lot of crazy weather here in Chicago. Maybe we should get this kid, Levis. Not saying they should, but think about other teams that play outside, the Patriots. Now, we don't know if they're out on Mac or not. Tell you what, the one thing you hear about Levis, locker room guy, galvanizing guy. Cohesion guy, glue guy. Those are the type of adjectives that are in superlatives that are used for Will Levis. My issue with Will Levis is going to be his patience in the pocket, his ability to look off defenders, and then eye discipline and and Trusting what he sees and trusting in what the uh the the diagram of the offense is. Those are the things that I gotta go look at the tape again from this last year. Cause it was ugly and I wanna know if it was him or if if it was the guys. We just don't know at this point. And but those are the questions that I have still. <clears throat> so these are the guys that Nico is high on, and I'm sure at some point he will grace us with his presence. He is not feeling well. Man, multiple sclerosis. Multiple sclerosis is, is a terrible thing, and my man struggles every day with it, and uh, he's one of the strongest individuals I know. Uh, I'm proud to work with him and uh, get well soon, Nico. We love you, and uh, shouts out to my guy. So he will not be joining us today, which is a sad situation. But we carry on. Now let's get to the rest of the quarterbacks. 
We're probably not going to do the whole defensive end thing since Nico's not going to join us. So we're gonna. I'm just going to give you kind of my views of what I saw over the weekend. And we'll finish up with the quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> the Bryce Young situation, I know what they measured him at. That guy still doesn't look as big as uh, Kyler Murray. And I call Kyler Murray little Kyler Murray. Go check out the archive pods if you you know we don't know that saying. He, little Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is one of my favorite players. Now uh, I know this year was a uh, a bad year for Kyler. Um, there might be some issues. He might have to do some reflection. But the one thing that I liked about Kyler Murray is that man, that boy could throw the football. Man, he could throw the football. He's talented as all get out. But I was all every time he dropped back to pass, I'm always worried, is he going to die? That's the running joke with Nico and I is as much as I want to see him throw and run and juke and, and do all these things, I'm so worried that every time he drops back, this is the last time I'm ever gonna see Kyler Murray. So that's why I call him Lil Kyler Murray. And that's spelled, it's not spelled little. L-I-L, little, like all the rappers, you know, little dump truck, you know, little Uzi, whatever, Bert, uh, little Boozy, what all these, all these rappers, they just put L-I-L in front of their name. So I did it to Lil Kyle Murray because I'm always worried about him. He brings me a lot of joy when he, when he plays but he's often injured now and it's starting to worry me. And I still think we're at that point with Bryce Young. I think that this is the point where we're going to have to see if we got to draw the line or not. He's going to listen. He said all the right things at the press conference. Okay. He's been dealing with this all his life. He has endured. He has persevered and he has thrived. He has never failed. Bryce Young has never failed. So if if you understand that mentality, and the talent is so immense, I'm rooting for the kid. My questions are still not answered, and we're not going to get those answers until he plays. So if you're just going off the talent, if you're going off the mind, if you think about winning, if you think about a quarterback controlling the game. Bryce Young is your guy. But I also will never kill you if you say, I just can't risk the height, weight, the slight, the slender build. I just can't risk this. I would completely understand Definitely. So it's a gamble, but he's the most talented. He is a good man. Let me tell you something. There's really, I don't think there was really a bad word said about that man. And you know how Saban can be down in Bama profusely uh, praised Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is wise beyond his years, that's definitely going to help him in the NFL too. But I'm really excited to see the the science experiment because I do believe that this is probably the line of delineation. I think Kyler probably is, and I'm thinking maybe Bryce isn't. But he, listen, he has proved everybody wrong up until now. So I can understand in his mentality, like, you can't you can't put me in a box, you know my greatness comes from within. This man knows his value, so people like me who say, "Oh, he's too small, whatever, he don't give a crap about what I'm talking about. That man is going to prove me wrong. There's going to be a bulletin board. 
you know, I don't think I am big enough to be on that bulletin board, but the people who do this and and have more successful podcasts, but God willing, we will get there one day with your help. And actually, I'm going to talk about that at the end, my appreciation um, for a lot of you. Um, but he will he will use it as fuel. Hashtag tackling fuel. Hashtag the water boy. Hashtag Adam Sandler. Um, but he'll use his tackling fuel. <laughs> and he will get everything out of his career that he can personally get. You will never have to worry about Bryce's effort. You will never have to worry about him not taking accountability. None of these traits have ever shown up in any phase of his career so far. When he was at Modern Day, Bama, I think you're going to get a good character guy. You're going to get a a guy who is hungry for knowledge. You're going to get a guy who wants to be better every single day, and he wants to be great. He wants to go down as a serious difference maker in this league. So if that's the case, hey, I can't wait for the science experiment to begin in the fall. Now to the last guy. Didn't do really too much of anything to change anything. But because he was pretty much as advertised, He's not as sexy to talk about. But here on this podcast, Columbus, Ohio, where you at? The Ohio State University, where you at? We're going to talk about C.J. Stroud on this podcast. Because here's the thing. <laughs> he might not be as sexy as Levis Arm and as, as, as physically gifted as Anthony Richardson and and maybe maybe not as beautiful in the pocket as uh Bryce Young. But if you want to talk about the guy who's safe and you want to talk about upside and you want to talk about quiet, like if you're drafting a quarterback and you're going, what's the one quarterback I can't get in trouble for CJ Stroud is your guy. Pocket presence, pretty good. By the way, the kid can run. They just, he just didn't do it and didn't want to. He was a, he was a passive participant in the running game. Let's just go with that. I don't think it's, he's scared. I just think he he wants to be able to beat you in the pocket. He wants to be a quarterback more than anything else in life. He just wants to be an actual quarterback. I'm going to dissect you from this pocket. Now, don't let the smooth taste fool you. If I get outside this pocket, I'm a problem. And then with CJ, you're talking about 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, you're talking about easy... <laughs> You talking about easy 210, 215, right? He is the safest bet in the draft as far as quarterbacks. Now, do you want to say his offense was set up for him? You want to talk about talent? You want to talk about all those things? These are all fair points. All fair. But Dude won. Okay? One. Um, didn't didn't win against Michigan. So I understand, C Bus. I know I know what you're saying. But you know you had a good quarterback there. Now, um he did have some adversity because his his wide receiver core was pretty beat up by the end. Uh the guy who might have went number one as far as not number one overall, but number one as far as wide receivers. 
Jackson and Jigma, that dude was hurt. He had a hamstring most of the year or groin. I think it was a hamstring. Um, so you got that situation going on. So there was some adversity for that guy, and he he powered his three, team through. And to tell you the truth, this was probably the least physical Ohio State team I've seen in a while. I think I think my people in CBUS understand. I think if we had them in a real, real vulnerable moment, in a true saying moment, they would agree. Not saying they're gonna not I'm not saying they're not gonna get it back, but this year, yeah, kinda right. So I like when you're the reason why the team is winning, you know, and he has that in spades. So if you're worried about Bryce's height, you're worried about the volatility of Anthony Richardson, and then you're worried about maybe with Levis, just I got to go look at the film because this year was alarming. There was bad decisions, bad decisions. So if you're worried about bad decisions with Levis and then you, got, you take all the other things that go along with the other quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud is literally the one quarterback least amount of questions about. You can stylistically dissect him. You can dissect the actual playbook at Ohio State. And then you can dissect that, oh, he just had way more talent than everybody else. And as soon as he went up against somebody who was, had a equal or better talent, he wasn't as good. But, hey, man, you only, you only can go to the dance with the girl you brought with you. So the playbook was the playbook. He can probably handle a lot more. Smart kid. Gets it done leader I think his arm is pretty good and the accuracy the the accuracy in the deep ball mm, and the one other question I have with him is accuracy in the red zone now we also know that in the NFL the windows get smaller so those are question marks with him but I think of all the all the quarterbacks in the draft his questions aren't as loud and pronounced so that's my take on the quarterbacks. With that being said, we will um we're gonna end this podcast right now, man. Uh I wanted to I know we were gonna talk about defensive ends. I really want to do that with Nico because um I dug in and he's dug in and I know he has thoughts on it, but I want to take this time to tell you how much uh I appreciate you guys. <laughs> Actually, before I do that, I'm going to cut that out because I'm going to hit the news real quick. We'll cut all this out right here. All right. Now that we talked about the combine, let's get into some of the news items of the day. It looks like the Raiders have tagged Josh Jacobs. So it's a $10.1 million for next year. Guaranteed. That's what he's getting. We're still... We're still waiting on Aaron Rodgers and his decision. Um, the NFL has reinstated Calvin Ridley. Now, if you are not privy to what happened with uh, Mr. Ridley, for all of our seasoned football fans, I understand this is just blah, 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 minutia for you. But some people might be coming to the dance a little late. They also might be, maybe, we hate to say the word, but let's say what the kids say. They might be casuals, but we love everybody here at our FRPC. So, Calvin Ridley was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons coming out of Alabama. Calvin Ridley has had a couple good years in the league, had an injury that kept him out, but in that time, it looked like Mr. Ridley was bored, and he started to make 
bets online about football. <laughs> so Calvin Ridley was suspended and then traded to Jacksonville. Shout out to the Duval County. So Calvin Ridley sat out this last year. He couldn't play for Jacksonville. And now he's reinstated, and Jacksonville is getting stacked on wide receiver. They are getting stacked. Kristen Kurt, now you got Calvin Ridley with you. Mm, that's that's a problem. That's a problem in that AFC South. So the one thing though is that we got to keep Calvin off DraftKings or FanDuel. All right. All right, Calvin, I'm going to speak to you right now. All right, man. Listen, I get it. Maybe there's some juice or you feel a certain way. But my my my, my guy, <laughs> you you can't you can't deal with the the daily fantasy apps, the the betting apps, bro. You just you just can't do that. So, uh I am sure that Mr. Ridley has, has learned his lesson. Uh, a year away from football is a terrible thing. And especially when you're not injured, you know, you're just sitting at home. And, man, we'll see. I mean, he's walking into a really ideal situation in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence on the come up. You got Christian Kirk. You got the the vet wide receivers there already. You know what I'm saying? You imagine if they get a really good tight end. And by the way, are there some tight ends in this draft? Dalton Kincaid out of Utah is a man. This dude is a absolute beast. He beat up on my poor UCLA Bruins. He ended a uh, a situation with um with USC. You know, so it's real crazy. That's it. It's a real, real, real crazy. So Dog Kikade is out there. Michael Mayer, man, of Notre Dame. Have yourself a combine as well. I really like this kid. I like him at Notre Dame. This is a throwback tight end. This dude right here. We love Gronkowski because he was out there. You know, he was way out there. Now, I don't know once Mayer gets away from Notre Dame that he's let his hair down, but so far the demeanor doesn't seem like that. We don't know. Maybe maybe the demeanor has been kept under wraps, and then now he'll get to the NFL. It might be a little bit different guy, but talent-wise, blocking, physicality, smart, really good route runner, good after the catch, break tackles, high point the football. This is your guy. And then the kid out of Georgia is just a freak. We talked about him earlier. I mean, Athletically, just off the charts. I mean, if this dude is, if he gets half of the fundamentals that Michael Mayer has, it's game over because you can't teach the athleticism. It really did look like LeBron out there. Just the way he can contort his body. And if there's a mean streak in there, and I can't, I got to dive into the tape. I can't wait to dive into this kid's tape. I cannot wait. So, oh, by the way, Georgia Bulldog fans, hit me up on Twitter at FrontRunnerPC or hit Nico up at NicoFRPC. The reason why is, Give your takes on your guys. Tell us where you think they should go. And this goes for the Ohio States of the world. The Ohio State, Michigan, I see you. 
I know Clemson be coming from my head if I didn't talk about them. Texas still believes it's a blue blood, so what's up in Austin? What's up, Austin? Almost moved there. Might have to tell that story one day. Um, Oklahoma, right? I'm sure you guys want us to talk about you. LSU. About Baton Rouge, you know I can't leave you out. You know I can't, you know I can't quit you. For some reason, I can't quit you. Um, I'm sure the the Floridas of the world. Shout out to my to my peoples down there. So I mean, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, give me your takes on your on your on your guys. Where you think they should go? How, you know how up the draft board they should go. Now, let, let's not get ridiculous, okay? Let's not get crazy. Like, I'm here to tell you, as a Zach Charbonneau fan, I cannot tell you in good conscience that I believe that he's a first-round running back. First of all, you know the rule on this show. We do not draft first-round running backs unless we are – Literally a running back away from a Super Bowl because every other uh, core position is taken care of. And then we, if we're somehow, I don't know, 16th because of an injury or whatever, we trade back, get more draft capital, and take that running back at the back end of the first round. That's the rule. But uh, Zach Charnot is my guy. I'm a UCLA guy. Eight clap all day. Fours up. Y'all know how I do it. And um, I would think late second round, middle to the middle of the third is where he should fall, somewhere in there. It depends on if people love him or not. Like, I love him. I think he's going to get a really good back, by the way. Please, Rams. Please, Rams, get him. Throwing out to the universe. I'd like to see him stay here. You know, be cool with your with your people, like be realistic. But yeah, I want to yo, give me somebody give me a, a scouting report on the kid, the tight end from uh Georgia. That kid was outstanding. I love that kid. And I knew he was special as far as that's concerned, but there was some injuries and um I think he he pulled himself out of uh games or whatever towards the end. Um, but that that Bowers combination, oh, my God, it was so lethal. Made sense that Bennett looked like a, a stud. He had a pretty good combine. That kid threw the football. I see why the Georgia fans love him. You know what I'm saying? That dude, two years in a row, national championship. Yo, people are asking, let me know, man. Does that kid ever pay for anything ever again in that town? Ever. If let's say he goes on and, you know, goes to the NFL, whatever, gets drafted, let's say he comes back, wants to stay in a pretty nice Airbnb situation or whatever, he paying for that? It's doesn't been it. We're not, no. We're not charging him. You know what he did for our program? Restaurants. Somebody in the restaurant business in Athens, Georgia, let me know. Stetson Bennett comes into your place right now. Is he paying? To my peoples in Athens, not because I do it anymore. I'm sober six years. We talked about it. If you don't know, I'm going I'm to I'm hook you up on this a little bit. Got a life pod in the feed. Go check it out. It says six years and counting. Check it out. Tells you about my struggles with alcoholism. But I listen, I'm not approved. If you can, if you can drink responsibly, have a good time. But the, the bar industry in Athens, Georgia, Stetson Benny runs into your place. Is he paying? I don't think he's paying. 
Uh, um, let's see who is somebody else that really was just like okay, he he made some money. A chain out of Texas A and L. Wow, how fast was that dude? How fast was he getting it going? Ooh, man, oh man, that dude is going to be a problem on the bubble screens and those jet sweeps and what have you. And Sean McVay, I'm telling you right now, you stay away from him. You stay away from him. Pointing out the microphone right now, just just burning it in McVay's and Les Needs head. A-chain cannot be touched by the ramps. You go get you a traditional back. You get a traditional back like Zach Carboneau. But McVay, A-chain is not your dude. You stay away from him. I do not want to see a jet sweep with Tutu Atwell and A-chain on the field because I'm worried. I think I might have to take out some sort of life policy on myself because I think I'm going to have cardiac arrest because those some tiny guys. We can't have two of them. So, but A-chain for other people, right? Like if he was in a Brian Dable situation, I would love that. If he was in a Buffalo Bills situation, I would love that. And I am here to tell you, 